scripture passage today comes from Romans chapter 12. Uh, Verses 1 through 5. Listen for the word of the Lord. And Paul is speaking here. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, on the basis of God's mercy, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, welcome to homecoming. Uh, I think that is a marvelous image uh, and a helpful concept. Christians are always looking for ways to uh, talk about our faith, and we often do it through symbols, ordinary, everyday life symbols that help us to think about God. And and as we do that, think about the story of Abraham who looked up to the stars and and remembered in just looking at the stars at the nighttime that God had made a promise to give him as many children as the stars in the sky. An ordinary, everyday image that helped him to think about faith. Jacob, who lived in a time when you didn't have air conditioning, you had a ladder that took you up to the roof. So there were ladders all over the place. And he had this dream, this vision of this ladder that stretched up to heaven and of the angels ascending, descending. And every time people saw, about, saw ladders ever since, they've thought about God. King David saw musical instruments, ordinary musical instruments, trumpets and strings and pipes and loud clashing cymbals, and they reminded him of God, and he wrote the Psalms to help remind us about God. So I'd like to take another everyday, ordinary image and lift this up as a symbol to help us think about God. It's a symbol you see often, and I'd like you to think about it as a religious symbol the school bus. The school bus. Yes, those big yellow buses all over the road. Remember that first day your parents took you out to the street and said, get on the bus? And you had that moment of terror. You said, get on the bus. I don't know what's going to happen on the bus. I don't know where the bus is going. I don't know who is on the bus. There could be giants on that bus, giants like third graders. And I want to validate all those fears and questions as religious experiences because I think education ought to be a third sacrament that we add to our list of ways that we, we see how we are connected with God. Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. To be transformed, we have to get on the bus and journey with where God is taking us. 
education broadly conceived is a religious experience. And yes, Sunday school is part of that religious experience and so is adult education and Bible studies and I want to claim those and embrace those and encourage you to be part of those. But I also want to say education in all its other forms is a religious experience. Uh, yes, uh, way back in our childhood, who doesn't remember the excitement of new notebooks, new textbooks, new teachers, new friends, and who is so cynical as to not to admit that deep down they were thrilled at the concept of a highly sharpened number two pencil. But my real point is something mysterious happens in education. Student comes in with one set of beliefs. They gain a whole host of facts, but we know facts don't change anything. But then something happens, and all of a sudden it, it is as if the mind of the student is flooded with light. And whatever happens there is far more than mortal teachers uh, can, can do for them. There's something that transforms. A large part of the Bible, uh, including this morning's confession, comes from the wisdom literature of the Bible. The root of wisdom is the word to see. To see. As in, oh, wow, now I see. Because a new reality opens up in our minds, and we're changed, sometimes forever. So yes, even in very secular settings, a very religious experience happens. In preschools, grade schools, high schools, colleges, graduate schools, and all sorts of other places in life where we are educated to see anew. You know, until modern times, religion and education were closely associated. Then in the Enlightenment, they decided to, to divide everything, to separate into specialties. But I think it's time for us to bring things back together again. And we need to reclaim and recapture that sense. As the philosopher Alfred North Whitehead said, the essence of education is that it be religious. The word education comes from two root words, ex meaning out of and do carry, to walk. In other words, education is about walking out of one world into a new world. Think about Adam and Eve. They walk out of the Garden of Eden and they think it's over, but God teaches them along the way and they walk into a new world. Abraham and Sarah walk out of a barren world and into a new world teeming with life. Moses leads the people out of slavery, but it isn't just being out of that country. It isn't just being out of that culture. They spend 40 years in the wilderness learning from God what it is to walk with God along the way. And along the way, God transforms them to see anew. And have you ever noticed how often the Bible says Jesus was on the move teaching his disciples on a journey, teaching them along the way. The Gospel of John refers to the Holy Spirit as a teacher, as in the Holy Spirit is interacting with our spirits to teach us, to lead us out of the world so that we can see the world anew. So the truth can become known, so the potential can become actual, the ideal can become real, and the dream can become reality. 
God transforms us by teaching us to see that new reality, by educing us, by educating us, leading us out of the old way of seeing into a new way of seeing. Paul says, do not be conformed to the old world, but be transformed into a new way of seeing. The question is, are we ready for the journey? Are we ready for God to teach us something new? Are we ready for God to transform our minds and to, and to stick with the journey along the way? Have we, each and every one of us, allowed God to lead us someplace new lately? If not, are we being open to God's educating spirit? My pastor uh, had, before he went to seminary, uh, for 20 years been a big deal at the Associated Press in Washington, D.C. Um, and then he went to seminary, and he was kind of full of himself when he got there. Uh, and in his Greek class, uh, he, he was giving the professor a hard time, and he said, what does a Bible mean, blessed are the meek? And his teacher shot back, it means blessed are the teachable. <laughs> Are we teachable? Faith education is a lifelong journey. Aristotle was right. We practice things until they become habits, and then our habits become our character, and then our character becomes part of our story. But whose story are we living in? Some other story or God's story? Transformational thinking means that we have to practice the habit of courage, of thinking new things, of being willing to entertain alternative thoughts to be able to step into that alternative reality that God is setting before us. We have to have the courage to leave the past behind. Maybe it's something our parents taught us. Maybe it's something that we've always understood. Maybe it's, it's something that we've always taken to be true or even infallible. But God is holding the door open to a new way of seeing. It's up to us to have the courage to walk through that door. My friend Jerry was part of a small Christian uh, denomination. He went to a wedding reception had a glass of wine in his hand, uh, and his aunt came up at him and glared at the wine and glared at him and said, the Bible says, do not handle, do not touch, do not taste. Being a very faithful guy, he went home and he looked up that passage and found in its broader context what it says is, beware of those who say, do not handle, do not touch, do not taste. God's education educes us, leads us into a broader understanding of the Bible, a broader understanding of theology, a broader understanding of the faith, and a broader understanding of the world. Are we ready for the journey to enter into that new reality? God's education requires a heightened imagination. God's the creator. God's the creative one and inspires us as we're created in God's image to be creative ourselves. Are we open for that on the journey? God's wisdom, I believe, helps us to search for a sense of deeper meaning in life. 
Uh, depth is a word that has been very helpful for me on my spiritual journey. Uh, Joseph Haidt, uh, a theologian, um, uh, is one that first, uh, I first saw this in, in one of his books. Uh, he says, quote, I thought I knew who I was, but new experiences have reshaped my life. New questions, new feelings, new dreams, new expectations of myself. I am not what I thought I was. That's a journey into depth. As theologian Paul Tillich says, there lies beneath the surface infinite and inexhaustible dimensions of depth. He says, the wisdom of all the ages leads us on the road to depth. The classics in philosophy and literature and religion, all of these things are expressions of people on a journey, sincere people on a journey. It's a journey towards depth and they grip us. They grip us because we sense in them, we sense in them the call to a dimension that promises to give more substance to our lives so that we matter more, we understand more, we become more profound people. Tillich writes, the name of this infinite and inexhaustible depth is God. These experiences of depth, these experiences of God lead us into a deeper sense of being alive. It's a real education according to Paul, as we read in the scripture passage today, happens not as one person off by themselves. You know the root word of the word individual in videos, it's, 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 it's one person seeing, uh, which is uh, their way of, of talking about an idiot. <laughs> um, that's where individual comes from. Uh, somebody who talks and nobody else knows what they're talking about. Um, we have been called not to be off by ourselves, thinking our own thoughts, reinforcing, saying, you know, we must be right because we are thinking it. No, our way of wisdom is to be part of a community, to be part of the body of Christ. The body of Christ, where, where we're all on this journey together, in that journey together, we come to see things that we wouldn't see without each other. We can't be wise on our own. We go back to the Bible and, and, and see how um, there is no shortcut to wisdom. It comes through community. One of the most important things that we can do is build up the church, build up a sense of community in the church so that we stay in the conversation long enough that there may be people with whom we disagree, but we stay in relationship so that God can lead us together into new ways of seeing through a shared wisdom. Teaching transforms. Teaching transforms and evokes and energizes the depths that make us most human. It liberates and sets us free to realize our potential. And the power of education, therefore, I would claim is a sacred power because it changes people and leads them into a fuller life. It takes us to see the heights and breadth and depth of who we can be together as the body of Christ. There's a lot of times in our lives when we sit around and wait for God to do things for us, when in reality, what God wants is to do things through us. 
But we can only know what God can do through us as we keep on growing and letting God teach us in the ways of wisdom. The wisdom requires that we go on a journey, a journey where God teaches us. It may be like, like the, the Israelites, 40 years in the wilderness, but they come out a new people. However long it takes, we journey together so that God can open us up to these new possibilities. I'd like to close with a uh, uh, just the words of a prayer. Peter Marshall was the chaplain of the Senate for a great many years. He had this prayer that I remember. He says, Lord, let us never be afraid of a new idea or unreceptive to a new thought, lest we pull down the shades of our minds and exclude thy holy light. End quote. Ah, Peter Marshall, so articulate. I didn't know Peter Marshall. I'm not Peter Marshall. I could never hope to be Peter Marshall. So let me just put it in my own words. Get on the bus. Amen. <laughs>